0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Daily Grind. I'm Colin Morgan. Today, you are actually hearing a repeat episode I did with Bassam Hanna, after much consideration here on my end, I realized that some of the audio was actually corrupted, and we wanted to be sure that everyone heard this episode because Bassem is a true entrepreneur, and personally, I just learned so much from this episode, so you guys are going to love it. As always, be sure you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back, and really dive deep in today's interview with Bassem Hanna. Today's episode is brought to you by Wix. If you're a business owner or looking to start a business, your website's going to be your home. And for me, I was so frustrated having to outsource my website because I ended up with a product that wasn't mine and not something that I truly wanted. I actually started and redesigned my website completely using Wix and I can tell you from experience how easy it was to use and how so professionally done it looks. This is the first site that I ever created by myself and I just couldn't believe how actually easy it was to do as I was able to customize it to exactly how I wanted it to look. If you're super creative, you can design it from complete scratch Or if you're more like me, you can start with one of their numerous amazing templates, which really gives you a solid base to build off of. And then from there, what's awesome is that everything is automatically optimized to any device. So whether you're on your desktop or mobile phone, it's going to look great no matter where you are. And honestly, it's so easy and anything you don't know how to do there's support and videos there to help you. And to make it even better, they have built-in SEO, so you don't need to be an expert in SEO to make sure your website gets noticed online and you don't have to pay someone thousands of dollars either. Now, of course, I'm not just going to rave about this and not share it with you. So if you were someone you know is wanting to create an amazing website, all you have to do is go to Wix.com forward slash podcast to get started for 10% off today. Again, that is Wix.com forward slash podcast. Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. As I mentioned today, we are sitting down with Bassam Hanna. Bassam has extensive managerial and operational experience in both the cannabis and real estate sectors. Bassam earned his HBA from Richard Ivey School of Business in twenty in two thousand and seven, and has over ten years of experience in the real estate sector, where he has held positions with First Capital Realty. The Rose Corporation and Omega Co. For the last 7 years, Bassam has been the CEO and operational lead for Omega Co. As founder and CEO of Terrasen Corp, Bassam was the operational lead for the company from its inception in 2014. He oversaw all aspects of the business including licensing, capital markets, construction and staffing and redesigned his position as CEO in January 2018. Now he is the Chairman of the Board of Directors at Trek Brands, Inc., a company he co-founded. Trek is a premium cannabis brands holding company that sets itself apart with a mission to bring conscious cannabis to the market. Without further ado, everyone, please meet Bassam Hanna. Bassam Hanna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Bassam. for uh, for people out there listening who are kind of being first introduced to who you are today, uh, if you wouldn't mind just kind of expanding a little bit more on who you are and what it is you do.
1: Sure. My name is Bassam Hanna, and I'm the co-founder and a director of a uh, company called Trek Brands, which is a premium cannabis brand house uh, with a mission to do good um we like to call ourselves a conscious cannabis company um, and i'll get into that in a little bit before that i started another cannabis company um with two co-founders about five years ago called Terrasend, um and it's uh what started off as an application uh into the licensing process in, in in canada turned is now a uh Multinational uh, cannabis conglomerate that's publicly traded and has an over billion dollar market market valuation, wow. or market cap. Yeah, so <laughs> it's been a crazy journey. Yeah. Um, and prior to that, I, I, before I got into cannabis, um, I, I was in the real estate world, and I still continue to be in the real estate world. I, I, I own and operate a real estate, I guess, a private equity fund called All Mega Capital. Where we uh, where we manage commercial assets in the GTA, we buy, own, and manage commercial assets in the GTA.
0: Well, wow, it's great. So, when you were doing real estate, was it residential or were you doing commercial or multi-unit? What what was your uh, sort of niche, so to speak?
1: The first couple of buildings that we did were multi-unit, so they mm-hmm. were apartment buildings in Toronto, and I love loved those, and that actually started us. It it it, it, it created a, a side business, a, a property management side business, which is now a, a a proper business in its own right, where we manage units for third parties as yeah, well. No doubt. Uh, yeah, and um, and so anybody out there that has a condo that needs management, hit me
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need new uh, management here, man. I, I'm in Oakville. We need new uh, new condo management.
1: Oh, oh, no, no. I mean, like, we manage the,
0: the like, so imagine you were an, an owner investor, we would manage your condo. Unit. I understand. Okay.
1: Cool. Like, so I find you the tenants, like deal with all the repairs and maintenance, and we do it for homes and how, like, it started because my investors, so we buy these bigger buildings. Yep. Um, and then my investors would call me and be like, hey, man, I got this condo that I just took possession of because I bought a pre-construction. Can you, uh, you know, deal with it? <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, sure, no problem. Just send it gotcha. on over. And then, like over time, it got bigger. Anyways, we digress. <laughs>
0: so
1: so um, we uh, so as I was doing the real estate thing, I bought a seventy thousand square foot building in Mississauga, uh, which had a, a tenant that was going to leaving leaving in a year, and that was in August twenty thirteen. In August uh, and on my closing dinner for that building, I was, I was out for, my lawyers took me out for dinner and they're like, hey, and I was just kind of uh, like drumming up conversation at dinner. I'm like, what does your husband do for a living? And my lawyer's like, oh, he, he just uh, left his job uh, at the University Health Network and, and he's uh, getting into medical cannabis. And I'm like, and this was in August, 2013. And I'm like, what is medical cannabis? Like, please explain to me. Like, I had no idea. I didn't know what it was getting, and then I did some homework. I found out that they were legalizing medicinally in in 2014. Later on in 2014, yeah, I downloaded the regs and I read them and I like fell in love. I like I just I like in my mind I was like this is like Bacardi or Smirnoff like in the 1930s, you know. Got like you. if you can get back together and and get something going, uh, like you could you you're one of the first in line as long as you do it right and, and like for all the right reasons. Like you could you you have a legitimate chance of building like an empire. So um, that's what started Terrace End. Um And then we in 2017, so I, I was the CEO of that company from yeah. inception till November 2017 when I did a transaction with um, an amazing private equity investor uh, from New York called, uh, his name is Jason Wild and he runs a fund called JW Asset Management, they're like a billion dollar hedge fund out of the States. Um, And Canopy, they kind of co-invested and and, uh, took over the company so that they they can take it to the next level. Um, And he certainly has done that. And so shout out to Jason Wilde, if you're listening. (laughs) Um, and, And then after I took some time off, I... I just, I I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Um, And, and I, I kind of came to the conclusion that Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to be in cannabis and I wanted it to be about a little bit more than money, at least just for me personally, like I understand that everyone does their own thing for for their own reasons. But um, fortunately, Tarzan was successful enough to satisfy that urge for me. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, it's kind of like. How can, how can you motivate yourself? How do you get up every day to, to you know, like hustle? Because if you're, if you're not in it to hustle, like if you're not trying to, to win, right, and, you know, and, and eat people's lunch and be good, and like the best at business, like don't even bother. Don't even bother because somebody, somebody wants it more than you. Right, so um, I, I, I came up with this idea that I want to start a company that donated 10% of its profits to charity um, I knew it was supposed to be in the cannabis sector because I have a lot of experience in the cannabis sector. Mm-hmm. At this point, I've been in it for five years and I've, held some, I've had some fantastic experience. And, I, and I, my bet is that intellectual property um, and brands are going to be the thing that, that I want to own or that, that are worth owning long term. Um, so it's like, why not start those right now? Those are all getting started now that the infrastructure is built in cannabis. It's the brand's turn to, to kind of capture consumer dollars and to, to capture the hearts and minds of consumers as well. Um, so I said, okay, well, let's, you know, nothing's going to make, nothing's going to really make these brands different because there's a thousand brands being launched at the yeah, exact of same course. time. Uh, so I was like, well, why don't we just make it about something a bit bigger than us? Uh, and I was like, if we, I, I said, the rule was we donate 10% of the profits to charity and we let the consumers pick mm. where the money goes. Like what then, charity? Like, what charity, yeah. what charities, like it's it's just like we are just stewards of this money. Like we still have to operate like a, you know, like kick ass yeah. profit generating machine. But at the end of the day, because if you, you can't build that into an existing company, you know, like you can't mm-hmm. build that kind of an ended into an existing company, it has to start from scratch. But people won't miss the money if they're not used to getting it. Right. But so the minute true. somebody's been used to getting it, you're not going to be like, hey, by the way, we're going to switch our mandate. And, yeah. you know, Coca-Cola is not going to be able to, to pivot and then say 10 <laughs> percent of our profits go to charity. But Coca-Cola makes twenty two billion dollars USD of profit a year. Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about that and you say 10 percent, you are like, holy smokes, like you could change the world. And if and if the consumers are the ones picking can, exactly where the money should go, if, you know, so like let them pick. Because anybody that is a shareholder or a special interest or whatever in the company, they're, they're biased, you know, and they probably aren't that in touch with the average consumer.
0: Why so, is why is that so important to you? Like, why is charity so important to you? Uh, I,
1: I grew up in in an environment where, you know, I relied on others. Uh, like, we grew up, our commu- I grew up in. Uh, I'm, Coptic Orthodox and I grew up in like when my parents immigrated from Canadian, they helped us learn business. All of my close contacts are kind of from the world that I've met through there. So, you know, I feel like, uh, if you're fortunate enough to live, a, if you're fortunate enough to live a blessed life, you know, give it back, you know, push this, like it, it, you know, people like if, if you don't physically fight every day to push the scales from the, the scales of good and evil in the direction of good, uh, you know, it, it's not going to move that way. Yeah. And so like, why do I feel need too? Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a great, it's nice to, to, to do things for others.
0: No doubt. Do you feel like how you grew up? Like that's where you get that fire from? Cause you mentioned you need that hustle, right? Like, do you feel like that sort of gives you that fuel you need every day?
1: Yeah, definitely. The way I grew up impacts me and the way I think. And but uh, you know that kind of goes like a, with anything, right? Like a, you are the person you are today because of the, the cumulative sum of your historical experiences, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. H- how much do you put an emphasis on on self education? Because you know when you speak to you, you're obviously are very well educated. Um, you spend a lot of time talking about the things that you know, most top entrepreneurs do. How much of an emphasis do you put on that for yourself?
1: It's the most important, you know, like when you're a little bit younger and you're like, I don't want to go to school or this, that, and the other thing, which I was, I was not a, I was not a good student by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but then when you start taking yourself a little bit more seriously and you realize if you want to be sitting in these rooms with people well the world, like you need to know things. You know, so and and it's not often, you know, education comes from a million different places. So if you're not ready or willing to absorb that information and like that's why, like, you know, self-education is the most important. If you don't believe that, then you won't be ready to receive the information, even if it's being presented to you. So I think it's it's the most important. Like you you have to you have to want it more than anybody else.
0: When did you start focusing on that in your life? Because I I know for me. Like, I was kind of the same way. Shittiest student, hated school, didn't want to be anywhere near a book. But around the age of, like, 23, 24, I realized that, okay, maybe I didn't perform well in school, but this is life. Like, I, I need to start educating myself. When was that for you?
1: Um, I'd say, like, uh, between third and fourth year of university. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a pretty competitive business school, uh, like Ivy at Western, and all of my friends were getting these crazy summer internships. And it wasn't because like they were getting high marks; just like they, it's like it's how they carried themselves in these interviews, and like and when you're meeting new people, and like how how much information they knew that was outside of textbooks. So I was like, oh, like it's a it's it's very real. and and, and I think at that point I was. I, like the the prospect of leaving university was starting to become a reality. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I need to get my stuff together, but it was probably around. But then even then I I would say you said 23, 24, I would probably say around the same time by the time it actually all started to click.
0: Got you. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, obviously for you, I mean, you stepped into pretty much a, a leadership role fairly early on in your life, right?
1: Yeah. What yeah. was
0: what was the biggest, you know, lesson you learned during those moments? Like n- now you're not just, you know, someone else. Now you actually have to lead people. Like wh- wh- what were mm-hmm. some of the lessons there?
1: Uh, you can't do everything yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There, there is a there's this huge misconception. You know, you know, when you when you're doing something yourself, you know it's 100% right to you. And when somebody else does something for you, even if it's 80% right, but it allows you to do something else 100% of the time, like that's okay you know, and work with that, take it and, 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 and evolve it, develop it, you know, grow your people so that the next time they do something or that, that 80% then turns into a hundred and, and it allows you to, to duplicate yourself. Cause I, I think that the biggest thing is, is, is time management. Yeah. Like that, that was, that's, that's kind of where that comes from, right? Like it's, gotcha. it's money to trust people just so that you can you can manage your time because if you have to be in a few places at once or if if like in in my experience especially with cannabis not so much real estate but especially when it comes to cannabis the industry moves at in dog years you know like i feel like every week that i spend in here i like I come up for air and i'm like man that had to have been a month <laughs> you know <laughs> you look at you like oh that was, that was just it was monday wow. to friday Yeah. Or Monday to Sunday or whatever it was. So, um, that's kind of where that, where that comes from. Uh, that would be one of the biggest lessons. And the other thing is trust your gut. Yeah. There's a certain, there's a certain point where, where, you know, you're gonna, you can exhaust yourself trying to 100% definitively prove something is right or wrong before you take action. But most of the time, like it's real time. You don't have that ability, right? So trust your gut, and you know, and and it'll tend to steer you in the right direction.
0: No doubt. So Perhaps I mean, for me. absolutely, and obviously, cannabis is it's very early, and there, I think there's so many people looking to get involved in one way, whether that's building a brand or whatever it is. They're trying to get involved. What would your piece of advice be to someone who? maybe doesn't have a lot of knowledge but knows that that's an industry that's booming and that they need to get involved what what would a piece of advice be
1: it is not as developed as you think it is mm-hmm. so all those people that are sitting on the sidelines being like oh somebody's already thought of that or oh no there's no way I'm going to catch up to and then like insert whoever the the person that they're comparing themselves to is yeah. it is not it is so wide open like i strongly encourage competition in the cannabis industry because We still haven't shaken the stigma so the the best of the best hasn't hasn't shown up yet
0: true w- When right? do you see so, that
1: happening? I wish I knew man, yeah, but it's, 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 it's starting to happen It's definitely like you can start to see you know five years ago. It was impossible to even get uh, You know a bank to to allow us to open up a bank account Mm -hmm. right now you have the major consulting firms doing you know hundreds of millions of dollars of of cannabis consulting to these big conglomerates and whatever so it is it is coming in you know because those like but um it's still not there because you need the innovators you need the guys with the product ideas the guys that are going to create the really cool brands there's a lot of business people in cannabis right now but it needs it needs one of everything right like it's it's and not everybody has has jumped in yet and there's certain people that sit on the sidelines like anybody in the u.s is, is partially like we talked to a lot of people who are just scared to do it because they don't they think that they're going to get pulled over at the border
0: mm, interesting
1: right and so yeah. that that limits people too but i it's it's still really really young so anybody that's coming in there's a lot of room Uh, for growth and there's, yeah, the industry needs you. If you think you should be there, the industry could definitely use you.
0: Yeah, it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen that one video of uh, the lion that's just lying down and watching, I forget what animal it is, but there's like hundreds that are running by Mm -hmm. and it's just sitting there watching and then one comes out of absolutely nowhere and takes one down. And sort of the ideal uh, idea of it is that, most people just wait and wait and wait for that perfect opportunity. And you need to be the one that just jumps out and eats it.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's exactly that. Mm-hmm. And it'll be so much easier than you think it is in your mind. Like that leap of faith, once you take it, as long as you've got a well thought out business plan and, and, and you know, you kind of know what you're doing and you, and you understand the hours that are going to be required. And like, you know, just take my previous comment about cannabis Yeah, is, it seems to be a 24 seven, ecosystem right now like it's like tech back in the day you know where the, <laughs> yeah. where, where no one is sleeping and you know if, if you if you're not answering if like like there seems to be that kind of a vibe around it right now that won't last forever but the people that are in there and that can handle that kind of an environment they thrive and they do so well I've seen it so many times in, in the last five or six years
0: yeah it's just it's just about surrounding yourself with the right people
1: yeah, totally mm-hmm. totally it is uh it's it's amazing man and just positive momentum and once you're in it you know you go to a couple conferences you meet you, meet, you start to recognize the faces and then you start to see how small the industry actually is and then you're and then you're kind of in your comfort zone and away you go
0: absolutely so your main focus right now it seems like you had mentioned is on branding right like you're looking to Correct. take these take these companies and brand them how do you brand a cannabis company because i know that or how are you doing it? Because I know that it's you have limitations on ads on different social networks. So like, how, how do you go around doing all this?
1: So it is a. We don't actually advertise, right? So it, it's about creating an experience. So part part of the okay. reason why I, I. Part of the reason why that the the trek kind of started with it, like it's ten percent mandate. Uh, it was because how do you how do you get your con how do you get the attention of your consumer who is your consumer and how do you get their attention right so mm-hmm. um th- that's uh, that's an it's not advertising but that's a form of getting in touch with your consumer so that they'll be like you know what i'll pick your product over somebody else's. Gotcha.
0: got you so it's creating that popularity to it,
1: exactly right, right? It, it's 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 like okay i know that which is one of our brand pre-rolls and, and like you can buy it on the OCS or, or in any of the, cannabis, the legal cannabis dispensaries, but when you're picking between Wink and another brand and there's a ton of other brands, it's like, well, why am I picking Wink? Well, though I know why I'm picking Wink. It's because of this and this and that and the other thing. So I think it's it's building that kind of association uh, that will take place of advertising, at least in Canada, when it's a little bit easier. But Canada seems to be one of the most stringent places to advertise, so that's uh
0: yeah i mean it it sounds very similar to how like big big companies deal with their brands
1: that's why we like it It, it, it's like it yeah and it's like it's it's its own barrier to entry too right
0: Mm -hmm. so true
1: like you yeah like everybody like that is the secret sauce is finding that perfect formula of you know corporate social responsibility and uh product like uh having your product placed in the right like you know whatever, like, like at least making sure that every dispensary is carrying your product and, and, uh, and just doing some of the basic stuff that, uh, and then hoping that it, it catches on.
0: Got you. So specifically with wink, just out of curiosity, like what kind of feeling are you looking to, to, you know, when people think of, of wink, what kind of feeling or emotions are you looking to bring out of people?
1: Um, that's a great question. The experience that we, we're trying to create with, our brands is it, it's kind of it's it's in our mission. It's we want to do good first, right? Like the, the mm-hmm. whole idea is that these brands are. It's impossible for them for that for them to have any kind of recognition or credibility because they lean on uh, like they're, they're brand new, right? They're, there's not the consumer can't relate to them. There's no experience with them thus yeah. far. So it's it's about building. You know our core values through those brands. So the experience is that we we want our consumers to to know that we've considered like, like trust, respect, equality, and compassion when we're making our decisions, when we're launching our brands, when we're when we're selling our products, or curating the, the cannabis experience, so that so they can see it. they know that you know we're not lying to them. We're we're being respectful to both them and our and our supply partners. Um, you know we we are equal and we're an equal opportunities. You know, employer, trade partner, uh, any kind of representation that our company does is, is kind of based in equality, and that we have compassion, which is kind of tied into our our corporate social responsibility. So um, that is the experience, right? That that, that yeah. is what we're we're looking for them to we're looking for them to have, uh, and then from there, the individual brands have their own. Curation for the audiences that they're targeting. So for uh, Bliss, it's it's a very uh, female-forward uh, brand, and it's like empowered and the unapologetic nature of how you should be with cannabis and, and like all this stuff. So uh, and then for 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 Wink, it's a completely different experience. You know, it's like your social night out. It's yeah. uh, dinner with friends. It's uh, uh, you know, you going to a concert. Think- so the, the, they're they're two completely different experiences. But then, but while you're making that decision, know that it's part of the Trek umbrella. So, uh, you know, the the giving is happening. the 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 consideration of 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 our values is happening in every decision that we make.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's such a a great approach, and you see it so much when when shit hits the fan and sort of this this honeymoon stage that it's in and, and businesses go, I mean, brands are the ones that, the ones that stay, the brands are the ones that make it through the tough times.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because the consumers are are not basing it just on price anymore.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. They're, they're basing it on some kind of an emotional connection. And maybe that emotional connection is price. like a low cost is a brand. Right. But, uh, but there's so many other kinds of brands. And if you think about, you know, even just for yourself, like what you buy, totally, um, It's like it it really does impact, especially the decisions that you make in in these kind of non necessity -necessity parts of your life.
0: Yeah, and I think especially as we move towards, I mean, we're seeing it now as voice becomes a a big player in the game. It will continue to develop over the next five to ten years. Like brands are really, really going to be put to the test when that comes into play.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's like that. That's the bet, right? Like the, yeah. the I built I built an operating company that that works in the cannabis space, and and I love that part of the business. Also, I'm not looking to compete with my with myself. Um, the brands are are the next chapter in my mind. I I, I wholeheartedly believe the long term winners are going to be brands and people that own intellectual property and everything else is going to be a is going to latch on to, to those things.
0: I love that. What what would be your piece of advice to someone who is right at the edge of wanting to start. They have that idea, maybe they don't have that idea but they fucking hate what they're doing. They want to mm-hmm. do something that they're passionate about. What would be a piece of advice cuz I mean you've lived it.
1: Yeah, pull the trigger. You never mm-hmm. know. There's never a hundred percent sure moment in anything that you do. At least not for me. Yeah. You know, I'm always like, um fifty one percent in, forty nine percent, but then once you do it, it you're all in. So true. Right? You know, you're just like, Oh well, I'm here. I might as well like I, I don't wanna fail and I uh, I'm uh, like it's like my reputation's on the line and all this stuff is on so then you just like you end up crushing it and you blow your mind and you've like and you've gone so far outside of your comfort zone that you're you get this like growth that we were talking about earlier, right? It, yeah. It, you, you get this, you become a different person.
0: That's funny. It's funny you say that because, like, every time I feel like I'm 100% on something, I'm always wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny. so true, right? It's funny. It's so true. But that's part of the thing, like, trust your gut. Well, you know, like, it goes by, what's the piece of advice? Trust your gut. If yeah. you're on the fence, trust your gut. You got, like, you, like, you'll know. You'll know. And if you're not ready and if you, it, maybe, maybe your gut's telling you don't do it for, some other reason, you know, like maybe it has nothing to do with the work part. Maybe it's something else going on in your life. I don't know. You're getting
0: married or something. I don't know. So some, but yeah,
1: I would always recommend do it. Say yes more than you say no.
0: Love that great piece of advice for people who want to reach out, connect with you, follow along on your journey. Where's the best place that they can go?
1: Uh, Instagram is, a is, a the, the one that I update the most frequently, gotcha. uh, just look me up, Bassam Hanna, um, Basim underscore Hannah is the like official Instagram name. Unfortunately, I don't have Facebook or Twitter, but, uh, you know, you can keep up with me there or, or keep up with us by following Trek or Wink and Trek and Wink and Blist on Insta as well. I, like I do cameo stuff there and, um, but yeah, my Instagram will, will, uh, you, what I'm doing and what
0: I'm up to. Awesome. Well, I will share all those links to make it super easy and accessible for everyone. And uh, now, the way we end the show here, Bassam on the Daily Grind, is we're going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So, one thing or one thought we can all go home with today.
1: Oh, say yes more than you say no.
0: Love it. Say yes, everyone. Well, Bassam, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and jumping on the podcast here with us today.
1: Colin this was awesome man thank you
0: so much thank you and everyone hope you enjoyed today's episode please be sure you subscribe to the podcast we come up with amazing content Monday through Friday every single week be sure that you share this out with a friend drop us a comment we'd love to hear your thoughts tag us on Instagram what you thought of this episode follow me at ColinMorgan.dgp. we'll be back here with another amazing interview tomorrow but hope you crush today And always remember to keep on grinding.